Sometimes time gets marked by things that aren't good, right? Like Advent is a good time. It's a time for us to kind of reflect and sit back and look for how the kingdom of God is coming in the fullness of it, right? It's time for us to sit back and think about these ideas like, wait a second, you mean there's a day when people will scream like a scream. They will flood toward the mountain of the Lord. And when they get there, they're going to stop studying war. And they're going to take weapons of war and turn them into tools for life. That's what Advent is about, is spending time looking for that and thinking about that and preparing for that and being those people also. And if we just were kind of like, no, I need to get to January 1st and you just kind of skip through all of these Seasons, you miss out on some of the real depth that can happen through marking time um, with with the church calendar instead of like whatever that other calendar, Roman calendar, normal calendar, whatever. I'm going to be reading uh, this morning another passage to you that goes along really well with that passage from Isaiah. This is in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 24, and I'm going to start with verse 36. And with verse 44, so Matthew 24, 36 through 44, for those of you who bring your own Bibles, uh, like my mom taught me to do. Nobody taught you Mom, you gotta teach these people to bring their Bibles. Matthew 24, starting with verse 36. But nobody knows when that day or hour will come. Not the heavenly angels, not the Son, only the Father knows. As it was in the time of Noah, so it will be at the time at the coming of the human one. In those days, before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark. They didn't know what was happening until the flood came and swept them all away. The coming of the human one will be like that. At that time, there will be two men in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. Therefore, stay alert. You don't know what day the Lord is coming, but you understand that if the head of the house knew at what time the thief would come, he would keep alert and wouldn't allow the thief to break into his house or her house. Sometimes women are there. Therefore, you also should be prepared, because the human one will come at a time you don't know. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you. May God give us wisdom and courage for interpretation. May God 
God give us wisdom and courage to apply the teaching of Scripture for them. I could make a lot of money writing a series of books based on this one passage of Scripture. You know, like I could imagine like eight or nine books about it, a couple of movies. You might even get Nicolas Cage to be in like the second version of this movie. You could call it like Left Behind or something. I don't know. Fill it full of bad theology that tries to scare people to Jesus instead of like hope that brings people to Jesus. Uh, it's already been done. And uh, that's not the sermon you're going to hear this morning. I hope you know that. I, I like journeys. I like going places. I like experiencing new things, tasting new food, uh, having my feet on ground that they've never been on before. I like the adventure of the whole thing. When Michelle... And I, uh, when I talked to Michelle into quitting our jobs and selling our house and moving from southeastern New Mexico, where we had this like beautiful safety net underneath beneath us, to Denver, Colorado, where we didn't know a single soul, I was stoked. I mean, from day one, I was like so excited to get there and go to school and meet new people and live in a new place and experience all the stuff that could happen there. And Michelle wasn't excited. She was grieving the fact that like we were leaving behind this, these friends and this family and this place and the house that we had brought our babies home to. Like she was grieving all of that. And I can remember us having an argument and I was like, what is wrong with you? Like, this is the best thing that could ever happen. And she was like, this is terrible. Don't you understand? You need to be preparing yourself for how sad you're going to be. And I was like, I'm not gonna be sad. And then we moved to Denver. And she said, I told you. <laughs> it's because I like the journey. I like the preparation. I like, I like all of that stuff. I think when I was a kid, I traveled, I travel a lot better now than when I was a kid. I can just tell you that. Like I remember nights, Christmas, like right around Christmas Eve, driving from Carlsbad, New Mexico to some like podunk little town in West Texas where my grandparents happened to be living at the time. And for about 30 minutes, I could spend my time like looking out the window looking for Rudolph, right? And after that, I got bored, and so I spent the next three hours or whatever pestering my brother because that was fun also. But it was just like so much anticipation and, and, and like looking forward to getting there because when we got there, we were going to get presents and we were going to get to eat food and we were going to like be wrapped up in love by my grandparents. Like there was so much joy in the journey even, right? Like, you know what I'm talking about? And I, I wonder how many times my parents heard the phrase, are we there yet? I wonder how many times you've said that phrase. It doesn't matter if you're 100 years old, well maybe if you're 100, but like, if you're like in your 80s or 90s, or if you're eight or nine, you have probably said that phrase or had that emotion of like, are we there yet? How much longer before we get there? It just seems like an eternity. That's what I hope to inspire in you for these next four weeks. This, this anticipation, like you're looking for familiar signs of the kingdom of God, like the memories that you have of when you really sense the presence of Jesus in your life. I want to have you experience that again, like this hopefulness that it's going to happen again, that you're going to have those experiences and that you're going to have those emotions that go along with it and that your thoughts are going to be like just full of good, grace-filled, hope-filled things 
I hope over these next four weeks that that's what you're able to start practicing doing so that Advent isn't something you live in just four weeks out of the year, but maybe all of the weeks of your life where you're hoping and you're watching and you're working to get in that stream of people who are headed to the mountain to beat swords and to plowshares and spears and to pruning hooks. Our gospel text from Matthew today talks about that there were people before Jesus came who didn't even know that there was a journey being prepared. They didn't know that the travel agent was being called. They didn't know that the hotel reservations were being made and that the trip was being plotted out. Like There was no thought about anything other than the everyday routine they were going through, grinding the corn, planting the fields, punching the clock, tightening the screw, selling the books, everyday routine that we live in. They didn't know that there was a journey going on, that a movement had started. And then the flood came. And they weren't ready. The call in Matthew's gospel is a call to Advent. But the call really is to wake up and pay attention attention to what is going on around you. The tasks that are described as grinding corn and planting a field, they're not bad things. They're things that have to be done. Whether it's eating or drinking or preparing food or drinks, sharing life in a committed relationship, spending time with extended family, working with our hands or with our brain. Those are all really, really good things. But we can do those while we're wide awake to the world around us also and seeing that this kingdom of God thing that Isaiah wrote about and that Jesus was talking about coming in its fullness is happening around us. You have to watch for it. You have to be prepared to see what's happening. I used to have this friend who died um, almost 10 years ago now, his name was Steve Nichols. We called him Crazy Steve because he was crazy, maybe literally. I met him, um, he was working as a youth pastor in the same town that I was working in as a youth pastor, and he should not have ever had that job. He was uh, a drug addict and an alcoholic, but man, that guy could love people. He could love people like nobody I think I've ever known. One day, uh, he came into my office, and there were a bunch of sleeping bags and stuff piled in my office, and he wanted to know why they were there, and I said, well, some people here at the church are gathering up sleeping bags to take to the homeless camp that's underneath the bridge, the one over by Silverbell, you know where I'm talking about, Mike, Carl Bethany. And there were homeless people that would live under there, and so Steve goes, they don't need those sleeping me being who I am said, how do you know what they need? And he said, I've been homeless. They have sleeping bags. I promise you that. So let's go see what they need. So we jumped in my pickup and we drove and we parked by the bridge and Steve said, wait here, I'm going to go talk to him first. And he, 
by looking at him, you can tell like who would have credibility with a homeless person that I wouldn't. So he walks down underneath the bridge, and then he yells back up to me, come down. And so I look down, and I'm at Bob, and I'm at Working Bob, and I'm at Big Bob. I don't think that was any of their names, but that's what they went by, their aliases. Big Bob ran the camp. And as we start talking to Big Bob about what we had in my truck, he goes, yeah, we don't need those sleeping bags, but you can bring them down here anyway. And I was like, well, if you don't need them, why would we bring them down? And he goes, because we can make sure they get to people who do. He said, people come through here all the time, and they don't have what they need to be able to live this way, and we can make sure that they get it. So we started this, we, Steve started a ministry with homeless not for homeless people, but with homeless people. Sisters and brothers, the light is bright. The kingdom of God is here and it's real and it's growing. You can see it anytime that you look at two people who've been married for 60 something years and they still like each other. <laughs> for real. You can see the kingdom of God when you watch kids play, you can see the kingdom of God when you watch kids laugh at their parents. Like, you can see the kingdom of God when you watch the news. Believe it or not, things are getting better. Even when we think they're not, they are. And during Advent, during this time of the year, it's the time for us to practice watching for the light. And when you see it, remember it. And tell somebody about it because it's good. Things are good. Think about your life. And if we're the people who are lined up and we're walking and marching our way to the mountain of the Lord, where we are going to beat swords into plowshares, and where we, David, are going to beat spears into pruning hooks where we're going to take weapons of war and make them into instruments of peace and life and hope, I want to know, do you know what your preferred weapon is? Do you know what your preferred weapon to attack with is and your preferred weapon to defend yourself with is? When that person you work with that just drives you crazy, I hope it's that just drives you crazy, what is your preferred weapon to fight back with? When you're a relative, you know the one. When they call you, what are you preparing to defend yourself with? Because if we're going to be the people who live in grace and not cheap grace, if we're going to be the people who beat swords into plowshares and spears into pruning hooks, maybe we start with our own weapons before we worry about other people's weapons. Maybe this week of Advent, we can spend some time thinking about what our weapons are and how we can use them to bring life instead of death to relationships. Maybe during Advent, you fast from social media. <coughs> Maybe during Advent, you turn off the news. Maybe during Advent, you make things and you take them to your neighbors to have 